Good morning, the back community. Thank you as always for staying involved. Thank you for staying engaged. Uh, today I have a fellow JCSU uh, alumni, alumnus. Uh, uh, so shout out to Johnson C. Smith uh, in here. But today we have Dr. Ebony Mayo Mitchell, uh, who's going to be gracing our platform today. And we're going to talk everything from uh, college admissions to scholarships to getting your students and the families prepared to um, uh, uh, go off uh, uh, this fall uh, uh, um, uh, to their colleges and universities throughout throughout the nation. But uh, first things first, uh, Ebony, thank you very much for affording me your time today. I truly appreciate it. And I couldn't wait to get you uh, on the podcast and it was perfect time. So thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. Woohoo! <laughs> let, let me see, man. Uh, I've uh, I've gotten the chance to, uh, uh, to work with you last year and now gonna be this year. Um, um, on one of the uh, a big uh, big events that you do um, to dedicate uh, uh, time, energy, money uh, to children, and that is your scholarship ball. But I'm gonna come I'm gonna come back to that one later. But I I can't wait to highlight that and and, and to dive into that a little bit more. I know who you are, so let me not be selfish. A lot of the back community podcasts or my audience might not know who you are, so I'm gonna hit you with your first official question. You ready? Yep. All right. Uh, Dr. Ebony, please tell the back community more about yourself, what kind of work you do, how you got into your work. Here's your opportunity to introduce yourself to the back community. Okay. Hey, back community. Um, my name is Dr. Ebony Mayo Mitchell, and I'm an education consultant. What that basically means is I help families navigate this college process. This maze is very difficult. So I help from creating the college list, writing essays, scholarship searching. Uh, college tours, all to the day you actually uh, move into that campus. We want to help make sure you make the best decisions for your family. Mm. Okay, okay. And you do all of this through uh, a business organization called? Sorry. Uh, so the name of my company is called College Prep 365, 365 days we think about college. So simple name to remember. Okay, okay. All right. My uh, Now, what was it about? Um, admissions in this process that uh, that led you to start your own business and come up with College Prep 365? What, what was it about the educational space that you're so passionate about? Yeah, so I grew up in Prince George's County, which is deemed the richest Black county in the country at that time. And most of the data when I was in my PhD program is around African-Americans, both low social economic status, right? But I knew that that was different for me and the, my friends. All of us went to college and we chose them for different reasons. So I wanted to add to that space as a researcher. And then it turned into, maybe I should add to that space as helping families now where people who are affluent, maybe working in the government or IT, um, they need help with their students coming up because we don't get as many resources because you're uh, considered traditional middle-class families. So I wanted to make sure that I was impacting in that way because no matter if you're rich or poor, you need help. Understand Absolutely. College, so. Absolutely. I literally just had a conversation with a woman on Facebook the other day about um, a, the gentleman that uh, interviewed two, uh, two interviews before you, but he was just talking about how he was at Morehouse and uh, he didn't have enough money. So they let him know on a Tuesday that, you know, he wasn't paying enough. He didn't have enough. And by Friday, he got booted off campus. Right. And just started a whole dialogue between her and I. And she was just saying how colleges need to do more uh, educating um, uh, to students and families up front and throughout the process. And that's why, you know, uh, I know you help navigate those spaces, uh, uh, especially up front, like preparing yourself for what to expect from uh, 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 your application process itself to, you know, me helping to, to narrow it down to the appropriate schools uh, for families, because those are like adult decisions. And a lot of times we put those adult decisions in the hands and uh, comfort of uh, kids who don't really know how to make the most financial uh, decisions for that. But um, the first major yeah. decision any 17 year old makes mm. the first decision because you're saying pick your future. How do you do mm. that at 17, right? Mm. 
It, it's crazy that you say that, you know, it's the first major decision. I'm just thinking about all the other decisions that could come up before school, especially for me. It's just like, wow, you know, you got sex, you got friends, you got uh, gangs, you got you got all types of stuff. But it's just like that one right there. It's definitely, yes, major and, and tied to. You do some of those other things that you name, the outcome might not be bad, right? Mm. So this is when you're thinking, this is a pivotal decision that mm. decides one, four years, two, what type of internships I might be available to me, mm. what kind of job, where am I going to live for the rest of my life? This is the first major decision. Mm. I like it. I like it. And before I go further, please tell the audience uh, how Dr. Ebony uh, came to be. You know, I know I shouted out Johnson C. Smith, but I know you are a lover of all things education. And uh, uh, you have uh, a longer list uh, uh, for your degree. So let everybody know where that uh, how that uh, passion for education uh, started and, and where it took you. Okay, so yeah, I went to Johnson C. Smith um, and got my BA in communications. I went on to uh, Howard University to get an MA in communications. Um, then I got an MED from Howard in education administration and policy to understand the laws. And then I went to Morgan and got my terminal PhD in higher ed administration, where I focused on college choice and uh, African-American students. Mm. So yeah, and the funny little story with that, uh, our university president, Dr. Yancey, made me go to grad school. I didn't want to go to grad school. I was like, oh, I'm done with this now. But um, seeing her love for figuring out finances for us at that university mm -hmm. and then showing up for students um, turned into something that I really loved. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give back like that. Mm, I love it. I love it. Shout out to Dr. Yancey, the Yancey years. <laughs> yes. But yeah, and it's just like, so you, you are a three-time uh uh alumnus of uh hbcu yeah well they technically say four technically because you graduate four it's three schools oh. yeah. Mm. yeah 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 so so uh, so 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 shout out uh, uh to the hbcu shout out to howard shout out to morgan uh shout out to johnson c smith but the reason why i wanted to to say that is because uh understanding your path or your pursuit to uh to not only get the credentials to do what you do but to know that you know it comes from uh, not only um, your traditional learning that you've learned, but also firsthand experience of working with and being a student at these different universities as well, which I think helps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you go to different things. Um, you know, HBCs are coined as uh, administration is a difficult road to navigate, <laughs> um, so it prepares you for life. Um, um, but I have studied at, um, at PWI, the University of Maryland, did a consortium program with um, Howard and mm -hmm. to see how uh, the structure of that administration works. So I'm pretty versed in administration of uh, colleges and they're all different, but they're all fun. Okay. 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 <laughs> all right. And shout out to PG County. I know you recognize that, man. I'm a PG County uh, person yeah. now uh, myself. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I know we're not, uh, what is it? We're not number one anymore. We're number two. I think Charles, Charles County has it now, but it's, 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 it's right there too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let yeah. me see. Um, one of the th one of the things that I really love about this platform is because I get a chance to showcase you and interact with you in ways that some people may not ever get a chance to really do. And behind every professional, you know, there is a story. There's a person, and you know, I want uh, I, I want to dive into uh, uh, that story and that person that makes you uniquely you. Uh, so I want to ask you a few questions, uh, which which will help me to understand how you got to be. And then I'm going to uh, finish elaborating uh, on where you are currently and what you're doing with College Prep 365. OK, cool. All right. So uh, because education is on the menu today, uh, uh, thinking about your younger self, thinking about the younger Ebony, um, knowing knowing the things that you know now as it pertains to education, both from a student role and from an administ uh, administrator uh, role, what is something you wish someone would have taught or told the younger Ebony that you know now, but you didn't know then? I think that one thing I would like, uh, that I wish someone would tell me, that it's okay to change paths. That, mm. um, 
you don't have to be so defined and think that this is the only path to success. Um, as, as we get older, we learn, right, that I'm, I might pivot and I like this, but I'm, mm. I like this as well. And I can do multiple things in this lifetime. Right. Mm. So I think that's something I wish someone would have told me. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Let me see. Um, and I know you mentioned, especially when you got to college, uh, the, the influence that Dr. Yancey left on you. But what about before you got to college? When you were growing up, you were still the young, uh, uh, young Ebony before she became Dr. Ebony. Um, did you did you have mentors? Were you uh, influenced by uh, uh, anyone uh, that uh, that pushed you in, in, in certain ways? Uh, I like to I like to gauge to see like what kind of support system you had. What kind of did you have a mentor, uh, and what was the the uh, impact of that if you did? Okay. So yeah, young Ebony had, uh, I don't want to say a specific mentor. Obviously my mom was my mentor, like everyone else. Um, my mom was a psychologist from an HBCU. So she definitely yeah. talked about HBCUs all the time and all her friends were successful. So I'll say it was a, a group, the future portfolios, their investments, but they were all influential of me wanting to be a successful woman. Um, yeah. but I also ran track, uh, shout out to yeah. Glenn Austin track. <laughs> um, yeah the largest track team in the country. Um, so there was su very successful people around me who showed me that you can do anything in any field. You just have to pick something and stick with it. Um, so I won't say one specific person. Yeah, didn't happen. Okay. 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 <laughs> Not at all. But you know, PG County has a lot of people and a lot of people pour into you. And I know like even going on the Delta College tour, I didn't know those women before that yeah. But they poured into me as well. Things that you don't realize as a student, someone is pouring into you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, or why? Huh? Or why? You know, you or why, know why they care? Yeah. Why yeah. They, care yeah. about me? they don't know me. <laughs> yep, yep. I, that was that was a that was a weird one for me. It's like when someone was trying to do something nice for me, and I'd be like, What do you want? Like, or why are you doing this? And it'd be like, but you know, people will realize what they had to go through and how they wish someone would have uh, uh, intervened or helped out. And it might just be a, a small gesture. It's like, hey, you know, I brought you a meal or, you know, come wash your clothes up over here or something like that. But and I think when we think about Prince George's County in Washington, D.C. or your L.A.'s and your New York's, um, you think about there are not as many programs for students who are in that middle, I mean, programs for middle-class students, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't, you really don't get touched by someone doing something special all the time for you. So that's why I mentioned like the Deltas and people like, mm -hmm. because you couldn't get into the other programs because your parent mm -hmm. made over $50,000 at that time. You mm -hmm. don't, you don't get certain things that um, students were afforded in the nineties. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that too because you know it 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 points out a, a really huge distinction. It's, it's like you think that the only populations that need services or assistance or guidance are the lower uh, economic populations, but you also realize that by focusing so much there or solely on there, there's right. also a, a middle uh, a population that typically gets left left behind or left out of different activities that can be just as beneficial to them. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it. And that's the reason why I do the things I do, uh, whether it's in college prep 365 or personal, I want to make sure that all kids no 16 to 18 year old knows what they're trying to do, regardless of how much money their parent has. Mm. And that's just a clear cut of that. <laughs> okay. all right. Tell me more about college prep 365. Uh, uh, what, uh, what age, what age range do you typically uh, uh, work with? When do you start engaging with your participants? And, and, and what has it been like uh, 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 being the sole controller or the influencer on the direction that a lot of your participants may go? Yeah, so uh, we started in 2014. Um, uh, we went to a college fair. Alpha Street Baptist Church had this HBCU college fair. Um, we went, I set up a table with a landing page and I was like, yeah, I'm 10% lower than whatever anyone tells you. And we built the business that way. Um, but honestly, uh, so a lot of my clients, uh, start in the 11th grade, January of the middle of the 11th grade year, because you're about to take your SAT or ACT. And so we want to get you before you, uh, get 
in the nitty gritty of the process. Mm-hmm. In an ideal world, it's best to start in the 10th grade, but in the minority communities, we start mostly, most of my clients come July and August of the summer before the senior year, and which is okay, as long as we're able to work hard uh, for about five months, then it pays off. But in an ideal world, we would love you to start at the 10th grade and start thinking about it. Um, but a typical day-to-day looks like um, writing essays with students, editing, helping them to understand what story they want to tell, the narrative, because some of us have different um, experiences, and we might, we might not want that university to know that, because once you put that in an essay, people might ask you questions about that, so helping students understand different uh, avenues, what options, um, mm-hmm. exposing them to colleges that they haven't heard of is the biggest thing, right? Mm-hmm. Most people know your Howards, your uh, Penn State, your USC, right? And they know all the schools in the tournament. But what about those other 3,000 schools out there in this country that don't get the highlight? So we try to expose people. Exposure is everything. Thanks. Uh, I agree with everything that you said, starting with exposure all the way back to uh, uh, when you want to start getting these kids uh, prepared for school. Uh, you know, most times, we're, oftentimes we're not looking at schools until you join your senior year, as you said, most times even just your senior year. But there was a book that I read. Ah. I read that book. You, you read this book? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen, and it, it changed everything for me. So shout out to my man, Ayo, um, uh, on, on a debt-free degree. But in reading his book, he he pointed out that we need to start on the exposure route as elementary. early as seventh to eighth grade. Well, elementary. Or, 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 or elementary, but definitely seventh, eighth grade. He says, he talked about what you just said, how a lot of us don't start that college process or the preparation until junior, senior year, where we're really so far behind the eight ball already, we really need to start exposure to that other word, seventh, eighth grade on up and consistently doing it. We wanna, and we have to do it kind of softly, if that's not a better Mm. word for that, because sometimes you can deter the student from college. Mm. So uh, the reason being we don't uh, press students until high school is because we don't want to make you say, I don't want to do this at all. Like mm. somebody's feeling something into you so much, but do the exposure, um, we have a lot more elementary schools that are doing the redesigns of elementary mm. and K-12 that are bringing college to these kids or taking them on college tours. They don't know why they're going to this campus. They just see big kids, right? But mm. they're going to remember that later on, right? And then in seventh grade, you might go on a day tour and mm. you see something that might spark an interest. But then when you get to high school, it's more repetitive. Like, okay, here's go some majors, bringing back uh, career day. That's Mm -hmm. a big thing that people are starting to do again. Like, so if I'm exposing the student to eight different things in biology, they don't think, oh, I only can be uh, a pediatrician. I can be an OBGYN. I can be in the lab. I can do this X, Y, and Z. So that's what we mean by exposure in different ways throughout those uh, pivotal years of um, grade school. Okay. Okay. I like it, man. I I know it, it, it made a huge difference for me. Um, it made a huge difference for me uh, uh, coming up in Albany. Like there's eight, probably about seven or eight different colleges or universities right there in that area. And I barely went to none of them. Really? So none of them. So, you know, I, you know, I was involved in all types of stuff. So, but um, um, the, there was one that I did go to and that was the University of Albany, but I primarily went there to go play basketball or to chase women. I didn't go there uh, for the exposure. And that's one of the things that I talk about often when I'm when I'm in crowds and in spaces uh, in the Capital District area is just like we got eight universities right here. Right. So we need to start exposing our our kids earlier on to these different universities that are right here on top of exposing the kids to these universities, ensuring that the universities get more connected to the communities in which they're in. Right. Because most times people will go to school and they're not from that area and they'd be like, oh, those are just the locals don't don't mess with the locals or whatever. But we miss out on the opportunity to bring people in and make them parts of those communities that they're going to school in because we don't make that connection from the colleges or universities to the communities. And that's one of the things that I learned. And now, you know, I try to uh, um, encourage that a little bit more. Like, don't just dismiss the locals wherever you're at, you know, find ways to get active and involved. Mm-hmm. 
That's such a hard task, you know, because I mean, the university is in charge of these students' safety, right? Mm. And, and I sent my child to your school and you said you'll keep them safe. Mm. But now you want to mix them. And it's just a hard thing for administration. So there's a lot of things like I think it's great and I think they should do. But, you know, safety standpoints, people are like, oh, how much open certain things up. But I definitely mm. think it's something as this um, as we go on, we have to, you know, infuse campus and community together more and more. I like that point, too. I, I, I definitely did consider it. Because I'm just like, well, it's available. We should we should be doing it, but yet safety is a is First a huge. Time something one. happens, then you're going to be like, well, the university left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. And we live in a litigious society, so no, good, good, good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, Another uh, thing about uh, college prep that we do, we also expose parents, right? As parents, um, and I don't have children, but many of my clients um, have went went to college 20 years ago, right? Mm. The experience is totally different. Mm. And we want to make sure that students um, are allowed to be in the driver's seat of the process, right? Mm. We want you to be in the passenger holding on, but we want them to, to kind of guide it. The reason I say that, um, a lot of students, a lot of parents have a university that they like or they wish they mm. could have right? Or like we just talked about Howard or John C. Smith, mm. it's near and dear to me, but that might not be right for my child. Right. And if you drill that from kindergarten to 12th grade and keep dragging me to this homecoming <laughs> and I don't want to go to this school. But how do I tell you who is my who is my number one supporter that I don't want to go there? Mm. I do a lot of that. I have kids boohooing. <laughs> is the pressure that hard? It is, because guess what? You are my everything. You told me that I could be anything mm. I want to do, but I don't want to I don't want to hurt you, nor do I want to make you upset that I didn't choose your alma mater. That is my number. I mean, at least so right now I have a, a load of 121 going off to college. Mm. At least 40 of them, 42 exactly, have that situation. Like, I don't want to go there. Mm. One, and one lady <laughs> flying the girl from LA to Grambling like three times this year. Like, I just want her to see how great it is. And she's like, mm. I'm in the sticks. She's from LA. She cannot understand going to the backwoods yeah. to college. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. That is a big thing as uh, minorities that we push. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, yo, uh, just hearing you saying, I'm over there like, damn, is it that real? It's like, but yeah, it'd be so like, it has to be done subtle. Like, it has to be done subtle. Like, okay, you know, this is school I went to, maybe one homecoming, but every year, Jesus, I gotta go back mm. see these people. They gotta tell me how they know me since I was this. Much. It's like being at church. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, was, I mean, I've even had parents like, well, my money is on, like, if you don't get a full mm -hmm. where my money is going, like, oh. yep, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and they do that too with pledging to it. Like, well, well, <laughs> you, 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 if you ain't, you ain't making the right decision, you paying for this by yourself. So think about it that way. When you're thinking about the pressure that this kid is um, mm -hmm. facing, <laughs> like, and they're only honest with a consultant, right? Because I can't tell my mom, I can't tell my dad. Can't tell my aunt that's paying the bill that I don't really want to do what she wants me to do. Mm. So think about that. And that's a big part of it. Okay. They want to make you proud. <laughs> and just give uh, giving them the space, giving yeah. them the space to uh, to create it. I'm glad that you said that because I'm I'm just I'm hearing you say it and I'm just like, wow, that, that is an overwhelming amount of pressure. You know, I tell my kids right now, Johnson C. Smith, that's it. You know, and, and me and their mother argue all the time. It's like, well, they're gonna go to Howard, they're gonna go to Johnson C. Smith, and I'll be like, And they're gonna, gonna go to C. Smith. They're not gonna go to either. Yeah, they're not gonna go to either. So yeah. I'm I'm just gonna take Johnson C. Smith off the table now so that it gives them an option later on. So but they're not gonna yeah. go to Howard because they live here. So, I mean, when you think about those spaces, that's a big issue. Another thing is the pressure of the full ride, right? Right now we talk about free, debt-free college, right? And this school gave you free, but you told me if I did my best all these years that I could go to any school and I got in here and they gave me half and this is really where I want to go. So those are the other waterwork teeth. Right. Because I don't want to go to low. I'm not going to call any school, but I don't want to go to school A over here. That's not my dream. That's why they're giving out free money. That's mostly what my students like. They, they can't get nobody. Oh, what the <laughs> but I mean, so that pressure. So having those robust conversations with your students 
um, with a consultant or with your high school counselor helps to, to figure out what you really can honestly do. So, hey, most of my clients say, hey, if you get into this school, well, how many scholarships are you um, willing to apply for? Well, I'm gonna apply for scholarships weekly because I've got to make up the rest of that money. Yep. So that's fine, right? To let that student live their dream, but don't put that pressure like, well, this was, this was free. So mm. that type of stuff is always a hindrance with kids. But it's such a, it's such a, like you said, we go back 17. This is your first adult Maybe. decision, right? But this is an adult decision that can have lingering repercussions for a very, very long time. So where I used to, where I used to say for the people that I work with, like, be like, well, you know, uh, well, if you're passionate about it, you can figure it out go there or whatever. Now I honestly have to say it has changed. My experience with money has changed. And um, also knowing the experience that you can garner um, going to school that some of it, you know, some of it, I think uh, you don't necessarily have to pay for it up front. Your first two years, primarily you're, you're literally doing liberal studies classes almost wherever you go, right? And it's just like, okay, well, imagine if you wanted to go to Howard, but you didn't have all of the money to pay for Howard, but you might be able to go to a community college for the first two years, get get even more scholarship money, and then transfer over for your last two years and still have that experience. Of course, it's going to be different. You're not all four, but walking out, you might not have incurred the amount of debt, which is such a huge topic that's going on in the world right now, student loan debt, student loan debt. So, you know, now I say, you know, try to make an emotional decision instead of, excuse me, instead of making an emotional decision, try to look at it from a, a, a financial standpoint as well. But once again, that goes back to your point. It isn't something that you could, if we want the 17 year old to make this decision, uh, it's, we have to start preparing them for those uh, uh, things to consider a little bit earlier and, and uh, uh, imposing on them. Um, what comes later because they they're not thinking about uh, debt and let me um say something to one thing you just said so a lot of people do say that now go to community college two years take those liberal arts classes Mm -hmm. and then transfer to this institution this four-year that you really love so there's there's a caveat to that Mm. community colleges are set up to transfer to the state schools that the community colleges Mm. state. so when you're speaking of that situation that you just used um in school community colleges in New York, and now mm. you can go down here to DC. That might not be the, it might not transfer everything. So make sure that you're understanding, you're talking to, before you make that decision, you're having the college counselor and uh, the college community transfer counselor and maybe the high school counselor uh, look at if this is feasible for you. Mm. Or do maybe that school, that dream school that's too much has to come off the table. But mm. I do want to make that distinction because so many people throw that statement out now. But you're speaking of Howard, John C. Smith, Morehouse, mm. Spillman. They are private institutions, right? Mm-hmm. Tulane, your Harvard, anywhere. Those are private institutions who do not accept everything. Same as schools that are very selective. That might be state schools. So they do not take all these community college credits all the time. So mm. if I went to print, if we're using Prince George's County Community College, yes, mm. my two years transfers directly into the University of Maryland. Absolutely. Mm. But that community college might not transfer to the University of Albany. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So, and, and, because people say that blankly so much. And we just want to mm, make sure that people understand that's not mm. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that, too. And who, who's the who who is in the best position uh, uh, to help uh, students and families uh, 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 to navigate that space or to consider those things. Cause that's, that's a great point. It's like, Hey, that's a great strategy if you're staying in state, <laughs> but like uh, uh, who should families or students be reaching out to? I know you're one of them, obviously. Uh, so definitely reach out to college prep 365. Uh, but um, uh, like who, who should they be asking to have these conversations with uh, uh so that's a it's a kind of a loaded question because I would say any independent education consultant, but do students know those people, right? There is a website, the IECA um, online.org would give you the people in your state if you wanted someone. Um, 
and not to knock anything about the school systems. You can try your counselor and ask them to help you navigate that process. They might not know everything about it because as you know, counselors have many hats right now, social worker, this, that, and third. So college kind of comes to somewhere it falls to the wayside a little bit, but they are the person that should be able to find the answer. If they can't get it right then, they don't know it, they can find it. Um, but we help with that process, especially because that's what, how the profession became a profession. Um, then you can also reach out to those institutions. So it's the transfer coordinator, uh, mm. counselor, that's their name in the title. You, you look for that at every community college, they have one. You can call it missions for school A, the admissions, undergraduate admissions. Hey, I'm thinking about this. They might not be able to get to you in the busy season, but if you have to have that question now, it's a great time to ask that type of stuff. So counselors, admissions counselors, and the transfer counselor would be the best people. Okay. Don't just ask somebody that went there, like, oh, my aunt went there and she knows such and such. But such and such doesn't do that process. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. And, and it's going to sound salty with me saying this, but, uh, you know, my uh, I know my guidance counselor uh, strongly pushed me to community college and was just like, ah, you know, well, you know, th these this is the option for you, Tyrell. It wasn't no other uh, like, you know, apply for these other things. Right. So that's why I was asking, like, you know, who should the students and who should the families be speaking to to make sure that, you know, someone's advocating uh, for them uh, 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 the right ways. And that's not to. to... The parent. The parent. Okay. So sometimes you just have to do a little bit of research, right? Google has become our best friend. And so sometimes you can do your own research and go to the school and say, is this true for my student mm. from this district versus saying like, well, you ain't telling me about this. Um, yeah. and that, it, with that mindset, then that'll be helpful. Also, um, I would tell anyone to look at local events around college um, mm. that are happening. Every city, state, country has something related to college. You have a Black College Expo, a Hispanic mm. Serving, um Expo. You have your PWI, which is predominantly white. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have some kind of fair. In there, you should be able to ask anyone that is mm. working <laughs> mm. kind of questions and they will be brutally honest because they don't know you, right? Mm. You, bring a, you bring an unofficial transcript. Hey, this is my situation. Boom, I have a 2.8. Maybe you, you can't get into my institution right now without maybe trying community college, but hey, here's some other institutions that you might mm. be looking for that might be looking for a student of your caliber. Because I know you're great. You just didn't maybe show it yet. Mm. all students are great sometimes they just you know take a little longer take a little longer <laughs> well yeah so i mean it's a tough question because i would never knock a counselor but it's just not their profession gotcha gotcha <laughs> i appreciate i appreciate that diplomatic answer it's a lot better than what i would say so you know um i don't like but, hate <laughs> yeah <laughs> so why'd you say this and boo, 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 boo. so but it's, it's it was just like uh among my friends and i got a lot of friends you know you're one of them but uh people will, will will talk about their experiences and that was a very common story that a lot of us had in regards to the deterrence that we felt that we received from some of our counselors so and this but i i like your point one we have google we did not have google uh, 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 for us, I know I didn't have Google, right. so but now you can do it. You can find there's a there's a the opportunities to be a lot more resource uh, resourceful uh, now than ever before. So definitely take the time to be resourceful, ask the right questions, and when in doubt, use Google. Yeah, and some things that I do want to highlight for you, um, if we're talking about like a high school parent or anyone listening who had, knows a high school student, a few things they should use is like collegeboard.org. Hmm. Make that a, like something you check, not weekly, but maybe once a month or every time you think about it. Um, any or print out the old calendar, like maybe this hmm. year's calendar. So because a calendar really doesn't change. Right. So hmm. and we know that the PSAT is given in October. That's the one for national merit, right? People are like, oh, I took one. You didn't take the real one, right? Mm. Knowing that that one, hey, my school's not offering it. Well, why not? Defining out those things, or oh, where can I go take it? That's mm. the when you get your score, if you'll be offered different kind of merit-based scholarships and mm. different 
like that. Um, knowing the dates for the SAT or ACT, when they're coming, um, knowing when I have to submit my FAFSA, like that type of information is on that website and it helps us to go and check our counselors or ask questions. Hey, are you mm -hmm. going to have an event? Because, hey, I've never filled this form out before. So I, I know another parent probably has this conversation, uh, this same issue. Like, so you can you can ask your your high school to do things. Mm -hmm. Question. Question for you. To that point, a lot of universities have moved uh, from, uh, 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 there's a word for it and I can't think of it, but uh, where they don't, they're not requiring you to do the uh, SATs. What, what was it called? I, said, I just said the word test. So test oh. optional. There's different. Test, there you go. Test optional. But most universities, uh, a lot of universities did go test optional in the pandemic. The state of California does not require tests at all, right? The UC system, you have to fill out their application for the UC system. Uh, Apply Texas might not um, ask you for a score as well. But and however, and I want to say this twice, but and however, <laughs> to receive merit-based money based on academics, you need a test. So maybe school A you're applying to doesn't need one, but B and C mm. and e say we want a test. Schools like your prestigious Howards are never going to say, hey, we don't want to see your test score. So yeah. think about that when we make these decisions, because a lot of parents are like, oh, they don't need to test no more. They don't need to test. But then you can't apply mm -hmm. for money. Right. So think about the scholarship. You sit on a couple of scholarship committees. Right. You mm -hmm. just said they ask for the SAT and the ACT because mm -hmm. they want to see a score. Right. So mm -hmm. a lot of things in this uh, world still need scores, but schools are test optional uh, or require tests or test blind. Test blind means you can submit it, but I'm not going to look at it. Mm. Okay. But you, you must really be blind if you can't see that. I'm not going to look at something you just gave me. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, we're going to treat everybody equally on this, um, this playing field, okay. but Test optional helps if you, you're on the cusp, like they might not have brought you in here, but that test showed me, okay. But I don't think students need to take four and five uh, tests anymore. I think that's what I think this is what it's helping to say that you don't have to take a, as many as you used to. Take one, maybe two, and that was your best. Okay. And walk away. But do not, you will not get any merit money if you don't. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to shift here uh, uh, from uh, uh, college-based questions. Okay. I'm also going to give you what's called my round of rapid fire. These okay. are random questions about things that are going on in the world, uh, but it's fun for me to get a chance to see. Uh, I get a kick out of uh, uh, hearing your answers and it lets me know a little bit more about you. Hey, what if I don't know anything about these things? <laughs> Well, that's still going to let me know a lot about you. <laughs> good point. Good point. Oh, good point. Let me see. Uh, you should. Uh, uh, you should. Uh, you should have an answer for for most of these. Maybe not one that I'm thinking of, but all, all of these. First question is: um, Who is your favorite artist of all time? Oh man, I'm embarrassed to say. Mm. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably gonna be future. Something to the moon. What's that song you said? I go to the moon. That is my that is my song, but it is Kanye West is my favorite artist of all time. Okay, okay, yes. okay. All right. Shout out, shout out to uh, uh Kanye, his the guy, old, the old Kanye, is the right. old Kanye. We missed the old Kanye. Oh Kanye. Uh, his guy is up in Albany now, man. Uh, AB is uh, uh, he just bought the arena football team and i know he's still over there down the sports thing too but yeah he's up in he's up that way now so shout out to your man kanye uh totally under, understandable what was this like i want to keep it to myself yeah i usually yeah. i should have said beyonce <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh your favorite sneaker of all time like the brand or the actual sneaker the actual sneaker Okay, so I kind of have two. So it's a Nike. It's the even uh, the Penny Hardaways, uh, the Penny Hardaways, and then um, the Deion Sanders, the ones with the little bubbles on the side. I don't remember. Okay. The <laughs> but yeah, okay. shoe game was on was nice in uh, middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, the, 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 shoe, the shoe game is still is is still there. I, I see you come out. With, with, with some of your shoes from time to time. So I know it's still there, which is going to let me lead right into this sneaker ball after this. Okay. But so I, I, I know it's not non-existent. I know you still got, I know you still got a, a sneaker game. 
Let me see. Uh, favorite, uh, a favorite place to visit and why? Ah, it's two part. My favorite place to visit is New Orleans for eating. And then my favorite place to visit in the summer is Chicago. It's so beautiful. Mm. And then if you say international, the Netherlands, it's amazing. Mm. Okay. 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 Taking notes, taking notes. Uh, um, that actually uh, leads to the next one. Favorite cheat meal. I know you said you go to New Orleans because of the food, but if you were to think what is, what is a cheat meal or a meal that makes you happy? What's, what's, uh, what's your favorite, what's your favorite go-to meal? Well, I'm a Maryland girl. So crabs, baby, mm. Old crab, blue crab, cracking everything. Oh, mm. <laughs> and the mixed up sauce. Lord. Listen, it is a science. <laughs> to that and I did not even learn that until I went to somewhere what was it uh Martin's Martin's catering where we got married at that that whole they do this thing every year I'm just like yeah crab fest there you go and I'm, I'm just like man it's like they looking at me like like I'm real slow they're like you gotta break this in the middle you gotta do this and I'm just like that's too much you know work. when you're not from here when you ask for the the mallet or the crab <laughs> not open it this crab so yeah, love a crab. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so you you gave me a favorite artist. You gave me favorite shoe. Favorite actor of all time. I don't know if I have a favorite actor of all time. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave you with the fire question then. Okay. Uh, should Lori Harvey Harvey have left Michael B. Jordan? Why? Why not? Absolutely. Boom. Follow your passion, baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All the, the moon, but yeah, keep it moving. Okay, All right. All right. fair enough. I respect that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Well, thank you for indulging me with my rapid fire questions. Uh, I'm going to get to my uh, uh, last bit of serious questions for you oh, as okay. well. Let me put my. This is probably one of my favorite questions to ask everyone that's on the podcast uh, because everyone has their own unique answer to it. But if you were to define success, Dr. Ebony, how would you define success for you? Mm, okay. Define success. For me, mine is probably totally different than anybody else's, but for me, success looks like happiness. Um, and it's just that simple for me. Um, success looks like giving, and that's what makes me happy. Mm. There's no dollar amount. There's no accolade. There is nothing but pouring into others that makes me happier. Like I know my day, I did what I was supposed to do that day if I can pour into someone else. And it doesn't have to be a student. It could be anything, friendship or anything like that. But the happiness is everything for me. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, and for you, Huh? And that's why I'll probably always be broke. So I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely got to find a balance, which I, 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 I was about to ask, you know, because uh, uh, giving it all away is, 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 a, is a pretty good recipe. Um, but um, yeah, how, how do you how do you find um, a healthy work life balance, uh, especially as an entrepreneur? um uh uh with family with friends uh with uh building a brand a business how do you find a healthy work-life balance for you so i used to uh, work in employee labor relations in the federal government and mm. and i was in charge of work-life balance so i'm very good at finding work-life balance in nice. my newfound life um but honestly it's just setting boundaries um I, I, I don't do certain things after a certain time. If you see me out, you can't ask me a college prep question. Um, I don't engage in conversation at like out about college in general. Like everyone wants to tell me their story about college, right? Mm. And then I say, you know, I, I just bring up the issue of like, hey, do you want me to ask you a question about taxes? Do you want me to ask you a question about IT? Mm. And people start to understand like, oh, I get it. So you have to make sure that your friend circle and your family understand, you know, that's my job now. So I don't yeah. know that. Um, but also having hard cutoffs. Like um, you can't call me after 8 p.m. and ask me anything. This is my time. Just like, so just setting boundaries and, um, is really huge for me in this, um, in this line of work as you're building, because sometimes you do work longer, but I'm working alone longer. I'm not going to work mm. tonight at 12 o'clock. So just boundaries okay. and being okay with it. Cause at first I used to bend like, Oh, well maybe Tyrell called me and I have to get up and do this. No, 
Uh, Tyrell can wait till tomorrow. Yep. So, yep. yeah, really boundaries. Yeah. I just put my phone on do not disturb now. I don't, do and, that. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like it for a long time. Uh, because I always wanted people to have access to it uh, to me, and then for a while I couldn't. My mom got sick, so just like just needed it on. But to go to boundaries is very important. So now you know at eight thirty for the most part, I'll go ahead and hit mines on do not disturb. I was in a a, a literal conversation uh, with somebody with Rob uh, from uh, Smith, and uh, at eight thirty. I just hit the do not disturb button, right? Now, mind you, we we, we chatted. So I, I woke up in the morning and he was just like, yo, bro. He called me. He says, I have never in my life had anyone ever just ghost me in the middle of a conversation. And it just said, do not disturb. I'm like, bro, it's 8.30. I shut off. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm putting the kids down. I'm, I'm hopping into bed myself. So when you say boundaries and being comfortable, stick to it. Yeah, it's it's it gives you peace though, right? Mm -hmm. For different things like I'm hard on like uh, kids, especially on Sunday morning. Like church is important to me, right? Mm -hmm. So no, I can't waver and take you this Sunday, and then next Sunday when I say, oh, I can't do it because the church, I didn't set my boundaries last week. Mm -hmm. so I'm making sure that that stuff is important. I go to Target after church, so no, I'm not coming home right after. <laughs> <laughs> I got a plan, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, figuring those things out, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, my, my, my bread and butter for you. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted you on uh, uh, when I got you on is because uh, 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 coming up in May, you have one of your signature events. And I think that it is uh, uh, spectacular. I think that it is uh, important. And I think that it is necessary. Uh, so uh, please uh, uh, tell us uh um, where did the idea uh, for College Prep 365 come uh, as it pertains to doing the sneaker ball? Um, uh, 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 how can we find it? How do we buy tickets for it? And, and when is it happening this year? Boom. All right. So, yeah. Um, kicking it up for teens, the scholarship fundraiser came about and actually came about, what was that, 2018, having a conversation about a friend, like, I'm going to throw a gala, like, it's going to be okay, I'm going to throw this, I don't have to be a name, um, and then she's like, do a sneaker ball, nobody's doing that yet, but now we know everybody's doing a sneaker ball, right, and we said we needed to give it something different, so kicking it was the, mm. the big part of the whole scholarship Piece because we were already doing book scholarships and we wanted to make sure that we could give more. Like if we're going to advertise it to the public, we got to give more than 500 each student. So that's how it was like, all right, we're going to kick it and people are going to come and have a good time. But really being a gala setting where people are like, oh, I've never been to a gala, but now you have. And you can be comfortable at this gala and you're going to eat a whole meal. You don't got to hold your little plate. But anyway, so uh, Kicking Up for Teens came about from uh, Christina Hardy, uh, who works for Bumble, one of their uh, lead marketing uh, people who she made the idea up and we ran with it. Um, we tried to have it the week of uh, DC proms so mm. that they already have a dress or a suit. So it makes it easier that they don't have to mm. buy outfits. Um, and you can find it on collegeprep365.com uh, backslash gala. Um, you can donate. We accept, accept all donations, $2, $5, million, whatever you got, we'll take it. Um, but we want to let people know the biggest thing is that 73% of that goes to the student. The only part that we don't keep anything at college prep for the gala at all the rest mm -hmm. of it you know is a plated dinner so we're paying for the dinner part but all your money goes to those students and we try to give uh students we try to award at least five to six students a year and to date we've given away forty-seven thousand in these um nice. in these uh few years it's only been this is the fifth year so we're very excited um about continuing to give because this year we had 547 applicants Mm. So it's hard to turn away students, but we want to make sure that, you know, students are getting money and we're closing that financial gap so that they do walk out of college debt free or mm. at least start their first year being like debt free. because our goal is to teach people that once you're on that campus, you should be able to find money. We're going to get you there. 
with yeah. this money, but now it's on you to use your resources once you get there. So yeah, back to the, uh, what you asked me, kicking it up for teens, May 11th, Thursday night at 6.30. We'd love to see you. We'd love to have your support. If you're ever in DC, come to it. Uh, it's around the same, it's the second Thursday every year. <laughs> yep, yep. And I have had the, the uh, privilege and honor of attending both in person and virtual. Uh, I have to say, uh, kicking virtual up for teens. Better, right? Listen, listen, I, I, I was about to say, I have to say, even the virtual one was dope. I mean, they had they had two different DJs, I think. We had food Ooh, delivered to our, our house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and shout out, shout out to you. Shout out to your team. Because even during COVID, and, you know, that was a highlight for us here in the Hughes household. We made a date night of it. Uh, downstairs was all set up for uh, for kicking it uh, uh, kicking it uh, up for teens. Um, and like I said, we had our food delivered. And even when everyone else was struggling with ideas of how do we reconnect, uh, you still pushed through and was able to deliver something that, like you said, some people even thought the virtual one was better than 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 in live. So it 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 was it it was nice. I've 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 been able to go and enjoy, and I highly recommend. Uh, not only uh, do you donate, uh, but if you are in the uh, DC metro area or coming from out of town, come in, have a good time. For me, I'm at home because sneakers. I'm in, I'm I'm home in 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 my in my comfort attire. So I get to put on a nice uh, a top half and then have my J's or or something on on my feet. And it's always nice to compare my shoes to other people. So a lot of people like that aspect. And just also um, what our biggest uh, reason for having it uh, with the students there to actually see where your money goes. It's a difference when someone continues to ask you like donate, 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 and you don't see the students, but that's why we try to connect. So the students are there, you can ask them questions. Um, like we just had one that uh, went over Delta like, this weekend and we all got yes. to go, uh, over to Bowie and she was the, the virtual, her and the mom were dancing on the virtual one, but yeah it was it was just good to see like full circle where she's going she mm. she was updated um and like i said it's just forty-seven thousand because at that date we announced mm. one number of maybe like something small like mm. two thousand but when we go home and run all the numbers all that money goes to these students and we're just so blessed to continue to do it and hopefully we can get through this year so <laughs> well i'm sure i'm sure you will uh, thank you for continuing to push. Thank you for providing and being an asset and resources for not only students, but for their families. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this final question uh, because I want people to utilize you as a resource and someone's going to give it to you straight and honest. How do uh, 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 my listeners find you uh, on social media? I know uh, you did uh, reference uh, the website for College Prep 365, uh, but please, uh, uh, one, one, one last shot, one ditch effort to go ahead and tell us all of the places that we can find Dr. Ebony. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at College Prep 365. Um, website collegeprep365.com you can email me at info at collegeprep365.com and anytime you put in collegeprep365 in google we're going to come up so anyway you want to nice. find us we're available facebook twitter all of those great things um so yeah give us a follow um we don't really answer dm but we'll try <laughs> Don't be sliding in my DM. Yeah, I, I, my interns are like, I don't know how to answer that. So we don't like to answer questions in DM. So, okay. okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, listen, Dr. Ebony Mayo Mitchell, uh, I am extremely proud of you. I am extremely honored to uh, uh, to be able to partake in your events. And I wish you nothing but uh, continued success moving forward. I hope this year is the best year. Um, and... Uh, yeah, man, I just want to say uh, thank you for the work that you've done. Thank you for the work that you do. And thank you for being a positive uh, advocate for education. Thanks for being on the Back Community. Thank you for everything. Everyone, this was my RA in college. <laughs> I was your RA. Why are we forgetting that? Listen, yeah, yeah. I know, it's important to me. <laughs> it's important to my college. But thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all that are watching or listening. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, Dr. Ebony, I'll play catch up with you later. Uh, uh, thank you and look forward to seeing you next month. All right. All right. Deuces. All right.